Hey everybody, it's Matt Johnson. We're back here with the latest edition of the Elite Real Estate Systems Hangout. We're talking all about the listing presentation mastery, so we're going to go through some tips and scripts and tactics and everything you need uh, to know how to close the deal when you're in front of the seller. So let's welcome in, as usual, the man, the myth, the soon-to-be legend, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Thanks, Matt Johnson. Man, I'm super pumped. You know, I started doing listing presentations again in about December of last year. Um, I have been on over 20 listing presentations in the first quarter. I've sold seven listings already in the first quarter. And it's been about two years since I had been doing that personally. So I want to talk about that a little bit today in the Hangout and why I went back into it. And then, of course, bring a ton of value when it comes to the listing presentation, how you can secure listings more often, close more deals, and have more success when it comes to listings. Cool. Very cool. So uh, you've got some on the ground, on the boots knowledge again, unlike last year. Exactly. I had no knowledge last year. Uh, I'm coming to you now with all these new things, new right. ideas. Like a, like a newborn baby out there just, exactly. just doing presentations again. Yep. Okay. Yep. People have changed, man. It's 180 degree change from three years ago when I did listing presentations. <laughs> totally different climate. So I'm going to help you. I'm going to help bring a lot of value to how things are today versus in the olden days in 2013. Yes, yes that's right. So back a couple of years ago when there were wagon wheels and, exactly. and horses roaming the streets. Okay. All right. Enough of that. So, uh, so let's let's get into it. Um, so, is there anything that you've noticed uh, now that you've been back? Anything that you forgot, or is there something that you were unexpectedly better at, maybe than when you were an agent just getting started or just you know, doing it for yourself? I think the longer you're away from something that you had success at, you start to think you were better than what you were. And so it was really funny when I went back into it, not getting chosen for a listing or having mm. the. Yeah, or having the commission conversation. You know, I remembered in 2013, I, I did about 120 listing presentations and sold 90 listings in 2013. And I remember thinking the thing that bothered me the most was when I knew I had so much value to provide and people just treated me like I had nothing. Like, like I was a used car salesman selling snake oil. When I would try to say, oh, well, I'm worth the 7% because I do this, 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 and this. None of those things were important to, to people or they didn't understand the importance. And I think I forgot how, it, how much it sucks to not feel like you're offering value to someone. To not feel like you're doing a good enough job explaining to them how yeah. you're offering value to them. And yeah, so hopefully... I can talk a little bit today about how I overcome, how I have overcome that again, and how that pain, how that pain has affected me positively and negatively. Okay, well let's let's dig into that side of it. So the uh, the difference you feel like in maybe not taking some of the listings this time that you were, the, especially at the percentage that you were taking last time, right. is do you feel like it does come down to the scripting of the explaining what the value difference is between you and other agents? So I think the number one thing is understanding what I am and believing in that, independent of how the client reacts. And this is a huge key. If you take anything out of this forty minute hangout today. Knowing what you are and believing in what you have to offer, independent of the way the person you're presenting to reacts to that, is number one. Because people perceive, the way someone perceives you is going to be based on your own confidence in yourself and the product you provide. Not everyone's going to show you that they believe in the product you're providing. You might even get all the social cues that they're not believing it. But when they walk away from that experience, if you hold your ground and you don't back down, they're going to have some conversations and they're going to decide maybe you are the best fit. Now, some people are just going to decide you're not the best fit. You cost too much or they don't like you and that's okay. Luckily, I'm in a position where I'm have had enough success and financially I'm in a position where I don't need to win every single deal and I have come to peace with the fact that not everybody's the right listing for me and that feels awesome. And so that's the, the piece that I wanted to say where I have overcome the loss and I believe the more that we have less fear of loss, the better we get at losing, 
the stronger we'll be as listing agents and the more times we will find ourselves in a position where we're winning. Yeah, that's that's absolutely true. If you read anything about managing a um, just a, any type of professional service, if you can, re it's almost like the release of, a, of attachment to the outcome. Yeah. If you can get that piece down, it creates attraction between you and the clients because they realize that you don't need them, and right. it's your option of whether to work with them just as much as their option to work with you. So, yep. yeah, I, was, I believe that. I bought a, a Porsche Panamera last summer. It was kind of like my dream car to get a Porsche after I read Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad Poor Dad ten years ago, and that was the first car he bought when he started to be successful. And so I was embarrassed to roll up to a house in a Porsche because I was like, oh great, now they're gonna be like, well of course he charges 7%. So my new joke has been that I actually charge 8% after buying the Porsche so I can make the payments. <laughs> and I, people actually laugh at it. I hope they think it's funny, but I think it's kind of funny. I don't know why I would charge less after buying an expensive car. Of course I'm gonna charge more after buying the expensive car. Uh, I talked to an agent in Chicago the other day that has a 10% listing package. Oh, perfect. I love yeah. it. They must drive a, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they must yeah. be driving like Lambos or Ferraris or something up there in Chicago. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. All right, so let's get into the scripting of how you present your value and maybe set us up a little bit. So uh, yeah. when you're going into a listing presentation, I'm curious, especially now that you're going into it. So are these ones that are that are personal referrals? Are they prospecting yeah. calls? Like set that up for us first. Yeah, so the only reason I went back into listing, you know, I'd like to say, oh, because I'm a, you know, I do a lot of real estate coaching and I'm a mentor and I'm trying to help lead the industry in all these different areas and I thought it would help me brush up on all my skills. That was a co coincidence or I guess a consequence of me choosing to go back into it. The real reason is I've been always focused and cognizant of what my top dollar producing activity was. And to this day, I don't know anything else that I do where I make more money per hour than a listing presentation. And so when I say I'm going back into listings, all I'm doing so the audience knows is I'm setting up the appointment and I'm going on the listing presentation. Outside of that, I do nothing. So Typically, they're going to be friends and family, Matt, uh, referrals that come to me. And so what I had done for the last two years, which was an ego play on my behalf, and I'll be humble enough to admit that, people would contact me and say, oh, Matt Johnson, thanks so much for calling. I don't list houses anymore. I just run a real estate team. I don't list houses. You know, I'm too good for that. So I'm going to hand you over to one of my top agents. They're going to take good care of you. And my friend Matt Johnson would say, well, dude, we're like bros, man. We go back. Well, like, you're not going to come to my house and give me your opinion? No, I, I don't do that anymore, Matt. So what I found was I wanted to believe that that was okay and I'm going to pass you along. Well, one out of three times you decided, well, fine, if Jeff's not going to work with me, I'll use the other guy that I have a relationship with. Right. So I, did, I look at it and I'm like, wait a second, I average in my market six to $7,000 per listing. Why don't I just go to Matt's house for an hour and do the listing presentation, introduce him to one of my agents that I think is the best fit, and then let the other agent run with it. One hour. $7,000 and then I let the agent keep 25%. I'm paying out a 25% referral to the agent that works it. I keep 75% and it took me an hour of my life. So I decided to go all of 2016 just doing the listing presentation. Um, I'm not prospecting for leads. I'm not doing anything else outside of just taking what comes to me. And I, obviously even with that, I'm choosing which ones make the most sense for me to spend my time. If I have a busy week or I'm gonna be out of town, I'm not gonna probably hassle with it. But I've set aside one hour or probably three hours every week. It's Wednesday evenings between six and nine where I'll do listing presentations. So someone calls me up, hey, can you meet Saturday? No, I'm not going to work on the weekends. I'm done working weekends. Um, but I'll work one evening during the week um, just dedicating that time to doing the listing present. And I tell them on the phone that I'm not going to be their agent, but I am going to be the liaison between their agent and my company and introduce them to what we do to market their property. I'll help them figure out what the price is. I'll even start the paperwork once they've decided to move forward with us. And then at the moment that they've agreed to the commission, 
I walk, I say, hey guys, I have another appointment going on tonight, I gotta step out, and then I leave the listing agent there to seal the deal. So I truly am in and out within 60 minutes. Okay, perfect. All right, and then uh, just set us up on the front side. So are they getting uh, any sort of pre-listing packet? Are they getting testimonials in advance or anything like that that's it, giving them an extra push of influence? Yeah, it depends. We don't do a pre-listing packet. Um, we don't send anything beforehand, a link to a video or anything. One thing I will do if someone requests it is I can send them a link to what we have. We have Real Satisfied that helps get testimonials and surveys from past clients. And we have a page on our website if anyone wants to check it out. It's omahaselite.com. Um, and then they can click on testimonials and it gives all the feedback that our team has ever received. I have by design not chosen to have a page that reflects just the feedback I've personally gotten. Um, but I do just dive in and take advantage of what our whole team's overall response is. It's so like last year we sold 580 homes. Out of those 580, we ended up having about 250 that took the survey. And so it shows out of 250 past clients that were clients within the last 12 months, their comments, their testimonials, their overall ranking of our team in all these different categories. And so a lot of times before that appointment, I'll say, hey, just if you have a second, Matt, check out what other people are saying about our team. And side note, it doesn't matter if Matt Johnson's my brother-in-law, my best friend, the guy from my church that knows me really well, you're still gonna send him that link, you're still gonna show him your marketing presentation, you're still gonna treat him like he'd never met you before because your relationship with him on a personal level is one thing, you have not created probably a business relationship where yeah. that person you're gonna be meeting with totally understands and respects your, your what you do. They know you're successful or they know you're an agent, that's one thing, the, the reason that you wanna treat them like like real clients is obviously they're going to be and they deserve to know what to get when they work with you. More important than that, the relationship you have with them is gonna lead into referral opportunities both for you and for your team. And so you wanna bring your A game so they're like, wow, Jeff Cohn isn't just a successful guy, he, he's uber successful because of all this value. I never knew you did all of this, Jeff, for the clients that you serve. And I, I heard an agent in my office last week who said that anytime she knows she has the listing, she doesn't do the listing presentation on the iPad. I'm like, when you're guaranteed the listing, you don't do the iPad presentation? She's like, no. And I was like, well, then how do you prepare them for what they're supposed to get when they work with our team? She said, well, I kind of tell them some of the things we do. I'm like, you're missing a great opportunity to better enforce the relationship with that person so that they want to refer business to you going down the road. Because now that person doesn't even know what to expect when they refer a friend to you. They don't even know what your presentation looks like. So Yeah, that's that's true. So I, I interviewed uh, Jenny Williams, who's an excellent uh, business coach and, and former top you know real estate agent down in Alabama. She did a whole survey of home sellers, right? And one of the things they came back with is uh, even some of the top agents they, they used did not come in with a marketing presentation as part of their listing consultation meeting. They had no presentation. Like even some of the top, I mean, like some of the top agents that they worked with, right? And uh, and they expected that and didn't get it. And so even when you think you've got the listing, still do the presentation because buyer, you know, yep. sellers expect it. They're looking yep. for it, and if you don't get it from you, they're they're going to have something negative to say about you behind your back, and they may never absolutely. tell you. Yep. Nope. Absolutely. So yep. a couple takeaways, Matt, from I guess what I've experienced just kind of revisiting these listing presentations and being a part of that. The first part is getting a solid time where you can meet with the seller and you need all decision makers present. And if they're interviewing other people, you want to be the last person in. So there are okay. some keys to that. Yeah. A lot of, what's the scripting for that, first of all? So if I were in a role play with someone, I would, let's say I'm with you, Matt, and you're, you're married, mid-married 20 years. And I'd say, hey, Matt, um, I just wanted to know, do you have any other decision makers that are going to need to be there to sign, to sign paperwork should you decide to move forward with us? 
And you would naturally say, well, yeah, my wife would probably need to be there, but she's going to be at Bunko Friday night. Say, you know what? That's no problem at all. How does your Saturday look? I'd really like to find a time where both of you can be there because it's just going to be more convenient for me just to come and save you time and save myself time to have all decision makers there during the presentation. Wouldn't you agree, Matt? And of course, you're going to agree with that. And then I'm also going to say, hey, just out of curiosity, have you considered interviewing anyone else? And sometimes people get defensive and say, well, why would you ask? And I'll say, you know, because I, I don't think it's a bad idea to get two or three opinions. I want to, I want you to know when you interview me that you're getting the absolute best service that I'm going to be able to provide you with what's most important to you, which is putting the most amount of money in your pocket in the least amount of time with the least amount of hassle. And with that, I would like to be the last person to present to you so, there, so that you have a frame of reference when I'm going through my presentation. You've already maybe interviewed the other people that you were considering interviewing. And at that point, you might say, well, I wasn't really considering interviewing anyone. And I'd say, well, great. You don't really need to. The buck stops here. I'd love to be the one you interview. And then if they do say that they are interviewing someone, I'd say, well, would you mind giving me their contact or their information so that I can bring along with my resume and bring their resume as well? So I'll just say, hey, you mind giving me the names of the agents that you're going to be interviewing so I can compare my resume to theirs. And what I mean by that is, and I'll tell them, I'm going to look up all the sales they had last year, their average sales price, their average time on market, and I'll probably know a little bit more about them. I'll be able to dig into their website and show you the value they're going to provide to you because a lot of times what happens is people will say they're number one, but they don't have the numbers to back the fact that they're number one. It kind of becomes an opinion instead of a fact. My team happens to be number one. We've been number one in Nebraska the last two years, and so I'm going to show you my numbers compared to my competitions, and our numbers are ridiculous, so we're going to blow people out of the water. But if you're an agent that doesn't have a lot of sales, find something and you don't have to show them everything, show them the things that are going to help better sell you um, so that you can do a better job at convincing the seller to work with you. So now I have established the time I'm going to meet, the decision makers are there, I'm the last one that they're going to interview. So day of the presentation, um, I, I was riding with my listing partner to the presentation because she doesn't, she's not in a Porsche. Um, depending on the price point, if it's under, in a my market, under probably $300,000, we are not going to roll up in my car. We're going to roll up right. in her car. She drives a Ford Explorer. It's really nice. She has it clean. Um, she usually dresses nice, not in like a business suit, but she'll be, she'll be dressed up, business casual, if you will. I'm usually in jeans and then usually a button down like this with a, with a sports coat. I never wear a sports coat, so I, I throw it in the car and I'll throw it on right before I walk in the house to show respect. If I get to the house and the person that takes that comes to the door is in workout shorts and a t-shirt, the first thing I do is take my coat off when I walk in. Nice. If I walk in the house and they're in business casual, like they just got come home from their white collar job, I'm leaving my sports coat on. You don't you I'm okay being dressed up more than the client I'm presenting to, but you don't want to be dressed up two times more dressed up than your client. You want to try to get to their level. Um, before we walk in, we'll usually get there on time and walk around the exterior of the house. And we found that by doing that, it shows that we're educated enough to understand that there's value depending on the condition of the exterior. And so we'll walk around like as if we're appraisers taking notes and I'll make a couple of notes of, you know, maybe a nest that needs knocked down or paint that's chipping or whatever value I can bring to them. And this is before, this is before you actually go to the door and knock and officially yep. meet them? Okay. Yep. Yep. And then we'll knock the door. Um, we'll always ask if we can remove our shoes. Uh, we always compliment the house three times during the presentation. You need to tell them they have an amazing house, a beautiful house. You love their house. And then three times you need to say, I can sell this house. We can sell this house. We can get this house sold for you. For some reason, psychologically, the person with whom you're presenting needs to believe that you love their home. I absolutely don't need to love your home to be able to sell it. I'll sell it without loving it. I don't love most homes. Let's be honest. We go through a lot of houses that we can't stand, right. but I don't, they need to believe you love it. They think that whatever agent loves their home the most is going to do the best job at getting it sold, yeah. which is so weird. It's just psychological. So 
Make them know you love it and don't be a liar. Find something you love about it. Every house has something that you can love and tell them how much you love it and how much you know that you can get their home sold. Set your stuff wherever you're gonna do the presentation. So take your bag, say, hey, would it be all right if we went to the kitchen table? That's the best place to present. It's not too comfortable that they're not paying attention and you can get both decision makers on either side of you. So my preference is to be at the end of the table because it's more comfortable for me, I'm a bigger guy, but that's also the better place for presenting and then bring both people on either side. Um, two weeks ago, I actually just bought an iPad Pro, okay. and it's the new iPad. It's super slick, so I do my presentations on this bad boy, and so I'll, it's huge. It's a huge iPad. I mean, <laughs> so I'll just set it right there, and I'll have both people on either side of me, and then I'll just flip through my whole presentation. My presentation was created in um, iBooks Author, and it's probably 20 slides, and it's just as all the biggest value propositions that our team has to offer. But what we say is, hey, we have a marketing presentation, it's gonna take about 10 minutes, but before we do that, let's set our stuff at the kitchen table and do a quick walk through the house. This shouldn't take us more than five or 10 minutes. While we're walking through the house, I'm saying and doing everything I need to do to get them to know me, like me, and trust me. So I'm finding connections on like the trips they've been on, where they've studied, where their kids go to school, where they go to church, what they do for fun, if they have a white fluffy dog. I'm finding areas where I can connect so that they like me, because a lot of times, People don't pick the person that they think is going to do a better job selling the home. Sometimes they're picking the person who they like the most, who they think they have the best connection with, which has nothing to do with selling the home. And it just depends on what their personality type is. So if they're a high, you know, you, you go back to the, the whole thing. Yep. So you look at the disc and you say, hey, if they're a D, talk to them like a D. If they're an I, talk to them like an I and kind of figure out what personality. That's also an advantage. If you bring someone of the opposite sex with you, like a listing coordinator or the listing agent or whoever, just find someone of the opposite sex. What that, what I have found that does is you can take turns um, appealing to whoever you're speaking to. So like a lot of times I'll go off with the husband and my listing partner will go off the, with the wife, but then we'll flip flop and I'll spend some time with the wife and she'll spend some time with the husband. And it, I just feel like it makes our team a, a much more well-rounded instead of them feeling like it's just this power alpha male or just this you know, a, a woman that maybe doesn't have some of those aggressive personality traits that they're looking for. And obviously it doesn't matter which sex you are, but just from a personality trait standpoint, because of the person I'm partnered with, we're very well-rounded. We essentially have all the DISC components of the disc between the two of us. And a lot oh, of times interesting. an individual is only going to have two strong components based on the disc. You'll either, you'll have two of four. So find someone that's your opposites and you'll do a better job at appealing to both of the decision makers when you're on the listing presentation. They also say 90% of the decision is based on the wife. I don't know that I always agree with that, but they, I've heard that said before, and that's both with choosing a listing agent and buyer's agent. Um, the reason they say it is because the wife is typically the one in charge of the, everything with the traditional household being the husband's working and the wife has the time to deal with the agents on the buy and the list side. And so with that said, a lot of people I've heard of focusing more time on the on the wife, be it that albeit she is the decision maker. I don't believe that. I actually put 50% into both. And when I say put time into them, it's eye contact, it's questions, it's comments, it's funny jokes, it's conversation. And I feel like people are usually really when I watch other people do presentations, they naturally will lean towards one of the decision makers so, or one of the clients. They don't give them both equal equal time. And you might not know which one is the actual decision maker in the beginning. You have to give them both equal time and that's the right thing to do. Don't go to whoever you feel more comfortable with. Even if someone's hard to break through and they're not giving you any love, they're not smiling at your jokes or smiling at you, look them in the eyes, talk to them like a real person. They're gonna like you for doing that. Okay. Cool. Yeah, there's some really good tips there. Um, so let's dig in in the few minutes that we have left. Let's dig into how you run your marketing presentation and kind of what are the, some of the value points and maybe some of the bits of scripting yeah. that you use. 
cool. So yeah, within that first five minutes, we're cruising through the house. We're sitting down at the table. I tell them where I want them to sit. I'll ask for a glass of water if they don't offer me one. I actually judge people based on if I think they're good people or not, if they offer me a drink. And maybe that's something because we live in the Midwest. If they don't offer me a drink, I'm just, I, I think it's kind of rude. And I'll call them out on it by saying, hey, can you give me a water? And it's just kind of, I, I think it creates a little bit of a feel like, oh, these are real people. They drink water. He's not just a robot, right? I, I know that's kind of weird, but I always have done that. And then I also touch a lot, which is, sounds kind of weird. But like I found like when servers, um, waiters and waitresses at, at dinner will touch you, there's actually proof that they'll get 5 to 10% more in their tips just by touching your shoulder or touching your forearm. And as I build this rapport with them, as I go through the marketing presentation, they're usually really close to the screen. If they make a funny comment or a good point about something, I'll touch their arm and say, oh my gosh, I can't believe you noticed that this, that, or the other. And again, it more in, it endears them more to me. It connects them more to me at a level that might not be obtainable if the touch didn't exist. And I know this sounds like crazy whack job outside of the realm, but these are all techniques I use. And I've, I've been averaging 90% close ratios on my listing presentation. So um, we're obviously doing something right. And it's not just one thing. It's all these things put together. So yeah. I open up the PowerPoint presentation. My goal is to show them what we are. So we're a team. I, I explain to them what my role is within the team. Um, a couple touch points that I think are standouts for us. Every house we list, we do a professional video tour. And so essentially the photographer that goes to the home does a walkthrough video with a steady cam. In my market, it costs us around $150 to $200 for the video. And then we do pictures, which range from $90 to $150, depending on the square footage. So all in with pictures, video, we're like $300 to $350. And they go through the whole house. They do the video. They do the pictures. And then we take them through what's called reverse prospecting, where anyone that's ever registered on our website, we can actually put the client's address into our uh, software and it'll tell us all of the leads within our software that are the best fit leads for their property. And we'll yeah. print that list off and bring it with us. And you can see all the names, phone numbers. You can see the last time they went to our website. You can see the homes they're looking at, the price points they're looking at, which agent they're assigned to. And there's usually about 100 to 200 people for all the listings that we go on. So that's like someone will be like, oh, I have a buyer I'm working with. Well, we have 200 that we're working with. So that's been a pretty awesome sales point, um, the reverse prospecting piece. Now, yeah. as as far as more value, Matt, as you know, we have a moving truck. I don't think you, anyone should go out and buy a moving truck thinking it's going to make them a bunch of money because it doesn't. You probably lose money off the moving truck, but it's a value piece. It's you know someone that needs a truck to help prepare the house for the move or to move or anytime after the move. I think it's just another feather in our hat, if you will, um, as far as a value piece for anybody that does choose to move forward and work with our team. Yeah, I've heard that go both ways. Uh, Greg McDaniel, who we both know and work with, obviously, yeah. uh, they got rid of theirs a few years back. Um, mm -hmm. As successful as it was, it was more successful in building relationships with nonprofits and, oh, uh, and other people in the community. So they, I mean, and they used it well, but yeah, yeah. they ended up getting getting rid of it for similar reasons. So, okay, yeah. so let's go with so let's kind of flip the script around for me a little bit. So let's say someone was going up against you in a mm -hmm. listing presentation. They are a solo agent or they're a rainmaker with a small admin team. So they don't have all the advantages of being this massive right. team and all the leverage and stuff. So how do they come into a listing presentation and combat someone that is presenting as a team? Well, I, I think the number one is going to be relationship. And this, this reminds me of me five years ago when I didn't exactly. have a team. And the way I combated it is I said, you know what? the Jeff Cones out there with these huge mega teams, you're not going to get Jeff Cone. And their proof is right there in the pudding. I'm not going to ever talk to the seller ever again <laughs> after I walk out the door. Right. So if I were competing against myself, I'd say, hey, 
Jeff Cohn goes on the appointment for an hour and you never hear from him again. I'm going to be your agent through this whole process. I'm not going to hand you over to a listing agent. I'm not going to hand you over to my listing coordinator or one of the admin in my office. You're going to work directly with me. I'm not going to have someone else send you the market update. I'm going to personally call you every week. You have my personal cell phone. You can call me anytime. Um, I'm going to be there to meet with the person that's taking the pictures and doing the video. I'm going to be personally writing up the remarks about your house. So you have actually someone, one person working for you in every area, um, dotting the I's, crossing the T's from A to Z throughout this entire process. If you work with one of the bigger shops, I guarantee John Doe, Jane Doe is not going to be the one that's directly working for you. And how would you feel if you knew someone was outsourcing such an important transaction? Right. So there, there's the dialogue to all of my competition to try to outsmart <laughs> me and get a listing. But it's, true, but it's a, the bigger point there is that no matter what position on the spectrum you are, there is a way to present yourself as having a competitive advantage in a of listing course. appointment. just a matter yeah. of phrasing. It's, it's definitely a limiting belief for someone to say, oh, well, of course Jeff can go in and get a 90% close ratio when his team's number one in his market doing 580 deals. I was a 90% close ratio when I was the 50th top agent in my market. It didn't. It, it's more of a mindset, guys. And I tell my my virtual assistant team, I own 1,000 calls a day. I'm one of the owners, um, which provides virtual assistant solutions to teams across the country. I know I've talked about that in past podcasts. And I tell them when we do our training, it's not about the script you use or the words that you say. It's about the way you use the words. It's the way you compose and conduct yourself, the confidence that you exude when you're presenting in front of someone, similar to how I'm even talking right now on a podcast. I carry myself with confidence. You need to find the confidence. Even if you're not a confident person, pretend like you're playing like you're an actor or actress when you walk into that listing presentation and you got to turn on for two hours. Eventually, that will just be the person you become. Um, there was a coach out of Canada that I learned from about nine years ago named Mark Leaders, and I've never forgotten. He says, fake it till you make it. And I know other people have said it since then, but really on these presentations, you are a rock star. You're, good, you're a badass. You're going to win it over. You're going to get the listing. You're going to get it for 7%. You're, we take all of our listings, 7%, 12 months, $2,000 cancellation, and you're going to win and go into it believing in yourself. You can accomplish anything if you believe in your own ability and find ways to solve problems. So at the end of my marketing presentation, I'll say, especially if I'm up against anybody, this is our marketing presentation. We obviously can't include all of what we do inside this presentation. Were there any pieces to this presentation that you felt we omitted or something we don't offer that was a disappointment to you? And this now gives them the opportunity to say, well, yeah, you, you didn't say you had, it doesn't sound like you have uh, virtual assistants or showing assistants or sign runners or flyers or signs or um, a call service to set up showings. Like there's all these extra things we do that we don't talk about in the presentation. We don't have the time. We, we don't want to take the time because it just gets numbing to keep droning on about all these extra things we do. And that's a great opportunity for our agent or myself to step in and say, well, as a matter of fact, we do do those things. We just omitted it from our presentation or we could then take that opportunity to compete against our competition. Let's say that some, um, one of our competitions said that they would pay for an appraisal. Let's say a $500 pre-appraisal of the home. I can then say, you know what? That's something I'd be happy to do. I can definitely hire an appraiser to come in for $500. Um, and then you can structure that however you want. You could say, I'm Mr. and Mrs. Seller, I'm going to have you pay for that up front. And then when it closes, I'll reimburse you out of my commission. Or you can just write the check and take the risk and pay for it up front. But yeah. by asking that question, anything my competition can offer, I now can match or I can do more than just matching it. Yeah, which uh, which ideally that stuff would come up. So if you're meeting with them last and they've met with two other agents before you and they each have some little quirk that they offer, some little right. marketing thing or strategy, hopefully that comes out and then you're able to say, okay, well, here's why that doesn't matter or yeah, I can just do that. Yep. Well, if they choose to not list with you, there's a reason why. 
And the reason that they're going to tell you the first time isn't the real reason. And so you have to do a really good job. When, when I then finish the marketing presentation, I then take out the mark, the paperwork, the, the CMA, um, and depending on your market's competitive, competitive market analysis is what I call it. And I'm going to start going through the numbers. And before I've left their house, I've given them a recommended list price, what I think it'll sell for, how much I think they're going to pay in closing costs, and ultimately what their net's going to be. I know a lot of agents that are scared to give people that. I'm going to give mm -hmm. that to them. I'm going to sign my name to it. And I'm going to tell them that with it, their house, that I will be within 2% of whatever that number is. With my name, literally, I sign. I say, I'm going to sign my name to this. And I sign my name. A lot of agents say, oh, I need to look at the numbers and come back. Give me a break. If you're in the house, you see the square footage, you've ran the comps, you've sold in that area, you should not need to come back to give them a number. The reason agents do it is they're not confident enough in their own abilities to determining value. So if I can show a client that I can tell them a number right in the front of their face and sign my name to it, again, that's another value add piece that they're like, wow, this guy knows what he's talking about. He came up with a number right here and signed his name next to it. And then at that point, I'll say, if you want to say it, and I actually recommend not having a close, but I used to say, if we can agree on price and commission, would there be anything that keep you from moving forward and listing with me today? That used to be my close and it worked really well. Now my close is the following. Here's our listing paperwork. The first page just outlines this agreement, blah, 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 blah. I just need you to initial here. I don't ask them for the listing. I assume the listing and I just push them the paperwork and have them start. And then the husband, wife, if there's a couple or the decision makers look at each other and they say, do you want to do this? And I know that if they look at each other and say, do you want to do this? They're going to say yes. If they don't want to do it, one of the two, whoever's the most dominant right there will say, well, whoa, whoa, we're not going to sign tonight. And I'll say why. And they'll say, well, because we never make a decision the same day. We always need to talk about it. And I'll say, you know what? I've been getting a couple of text messages. I'd like to step out for a couple of minutes and check my messages. Let me give you guys 10 or 15 minutes to talk about it and then come out and let me know what you've decided. And I'll get up and walk out before they've agreed to that. So, so now I'm on their front porch. They're sitting in the kitchen and they're like, uh, we got a guy on our porch waiting to find out we're going with them. What should we do? That's and hilarious. That works half the time. The other okay. half the time they're like, yeah, we need to think about it. We need to sleep on it. We appreciate everything you do, blah, 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 blah. If you walk out of the house and they haven't signed the listing agreement, you're not going to get the listing. And I don't mean to be super aggressive. I'm not super aggressive. Statistically, one out of three people will come back and list with you if you walk out the door. You need to find out and discover right then and there why they're not wanting to sign with you. There's a reason outside of them needing to talk about it. If they feel comfortable, they're not buying a car. They're going with a listing agent, right? There's nothing out of their pocket to sign a listing with you. It's all, it's all, on the, it's one of the only industries that I know of that still exists where everything rides on the agent. We have to pay the money. We put all of our time in. What are they doing? Vacuuming their floors, you know, getting the house, painting some walls. The, the time and energy that we put compared to them, and they have nothing to lose. If we don't sell their house, their house doesn't sell. They don't lose money, mm -hmm. depending on, you know, obviously their arguments if they right, have to right. out or something. But um, I think that the number one thing is just showing the confidence, getting them to know you, like you, trust you. If they don't want to sign today, you need to discover why. And so I'll ask you direct. My script for that is, Matt, it sounds like there's something holding you back from wanting to move forward and working with us today. I know you mentioned you guys just need to talk about it. When you go to talk about it, what are some of the points that you're going to discuss that you can tell are some pain points for you as to reasons why you might not want to move forward with us? I mean, get as transparent as you want. What are some of the things each of you have felt throughout this presentation that you think have turned you off a little bit or might be some reasons why you don't want to work with us? And the number one I get is they say, well, your commission 7%. It doesn't look like you're willing to work on that. And so another great close is, and I'm a caveat to this, a lot of people will drop 1%. Never drop 1%. You don't need to drop 1%. 7% to 6% or 6 to 5%, that's ridiculous. Because when you drop dollar yeah, amounts, you can somebody out. Yeah. Well, it also shouldn't be percentages. It should be dollars. So if you're in a $100,000 house, you go from 7 to 6, 
yeah, that's a thousand dollars, but you're in a two hundred sixty-seven thousand dollars house. Now you're talking about two thousand six hundred and seventy-five dollars. Why not just say, yeah, I can reduce my commission a thousand dollars, or two thousand, or six, and, and essentially that's six point seven percent or five point seven percent. So what I'll say is, what I'll say is, Matt, you know, I can see that the commission is a challenge for you, and I totally understand. Everyone wants to get the best deal. The number one thing for me is putting the most amount of money back in your pocket. The question shouldn't be, what's my fee? How much do I charge? The question should be, by working with my group, how much money can I put back in your pocket? And based on everything I showed you I provide, I'm 100% confident that my team's going to put more money in your pocket independent of what I charge you. So the point I'm trying to make is if I charge you an extra 20,000 compared to the other agents in this that you're interviewing, but I'm able to put an extra 50 in your pocket, wouldn't it make sense to work with me? Well, obviously neither of us have a crystal ball. We don't know what the outcome's gonna be. And I know that the percentage is a challenge for you. If I were willing to agree right now to dropping my commission 0.25%, so instead of doing 7%, I'm willing to go to 6.75, would you be willing to move forward and working with me tonight? And, they're, and most of the time they're like, sure. And I'll slide them the paperwork and we sign. Or they'll say, no, we really want to go to six. And I'll say, I'll just sit there. I'll act like it's really hard for me to go to six. And in the end, I'll say, well, what if we go to six and a half? And then another thing I'll always ask for is, you know what? I can go to six if you're willing to sign an exclusive buyer agency agreement. Essentially, you're agreeing that if I go to six, you will buy your next house with me or someone from my team. So there's lots of different ways to navigate that conversation. Too often, agents just fall over. Yeah, I'll go to six. How can you respect yeah. somebody that just goes to six right away? If you can, and this is another thing I'll say, you know what, if I drop to 6%, I'd be showing you that I'm willing to take a $3,000 loss in my commission off of one question you ask me. Wouldn't you rather work with a realtor that stands up for their own commission? Because you're gonna want them to stand up for your net when offers start coming in. And if I would just easily drop down to 6%, I'm showing you that when offers come in on your house, 30,000 under what you have it listed for, it's that easy for me to give away my own money it's probably going to be really easy for me to give away yours. And I've signed my name saying you're going to make $500,000 net at the end of this transaction. Yeah, I might cost a little bit more, but I'm going to stand my ground for you when I'm putting in all of my effort and energy to try to get you the most amount of money for your house. And you can rest assured I'm the best guy for the job for that. Yeah. If you can like look it. someone in the eyes like I just did and say that to their face, no one else that's competing against you in your market is going to be able to have the confidence to do that. It takes guts. Yeah, and, and I've also heard that you can, uh, if you do drop the commission, that you ask them what service they would like to remove from the from the marketing agreement or the marketing plan. Yeah, in exchange that's another good for, one. Yeah, right. I, well, I love the idea of doing yeah. that, or even having preset packages ready, like anything that right. that enforces the idea that you're not just randomly right. dropping your commission. That you're right. that this is this is an exchange for services, and the services are like on a sliding scale in relation to the commission. So anyway, yep. Yep. all right. So we, awesome. we are out of time as always. We have yep. uh, burned through. The, there are some really really good stuff in there that even I haven't heard before. So all right, awesome. I hope everybody enjoyed it. So number one, let's make sure that we get uh, let people know how they get not only get in touch with you, but also how yep. they can potentially partner with the RS. Cool. Yeah. Check out um, EliteRealEstateSystems.com. EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Um, you can go out there. If you guys have a broker that wants a speak, needs a speaker for any type of event, um, if you're interested in our team building workshop, if you're interested in expanding and having us help you expand in your market, uh, we have a lot of different value propositions on that site. Go check it out. We have all of our hangouts are on there. And then all of the podcasts I've been interviewed on are actually on there as well. We also have a really uh, exciting new product that I can't talk about today. But if you keep your eye out on that website over the next couple of months, it's going to come out and it's going to be available to the public. So really excited guys to be a part of this with you and definitely want to help you build your businesses. That's our number one goal with this is paying it forward. Um, if you haven't come and attended the team building workshop in Omaha, 
it is it's insane like the value that people have gotten from it and the, the testimonials we're getting uh, from the different people that have taken advantage of it they're doubling and tripling their revenues off of the things that they're implementing that they've learned at our workshop um, that's a 12-hour workshop every other Monday I'm I'm there the whole day I'm not handing it off to somebody else like I am with my listings so that's something that I want to be a part of is build being a direct impact on your team and on your business. So if you haven't done that yet, find out the dates, shoot me an email. You can message me right there from Elite Real Estate Systems. You can click on my Facebook link, Google Plus me, um, check out our YouTube channel. You have full access right there to me and feel free to email me anytime. I'm happy to help out. That's right. So it's uh, Jeff at EliteRealEstateSystems.com. Yep. All right, guys. Well, that'll do it for this time. And uh, on the next edition, we have a very, very special guest. We're going to be talking to Brian Eisenhower down in Kansas City. He's a KW guy that has built the fastest growing KW office in the world last year. They went from three, from 50 to 350 agents in only two years. So we're going to be talking to him about how he did that. That's, That's a lot of freaking agents. All right. So <laughs> until then, we're excited for great. the We will see you guys on the next edition. Awesome. Thanks, Matt.